0: Kelly, throws the slide, man's wide open, time, room,
1: Bullseye.
0: What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome to episode 16 of The Crease Die, presented by Barstool Sports, your one-stop shop for that stick talk for lax rats, by lax rats. I'm Jordy from Barstool, with me as always, we've got Robbie O on the mic, and Robbie O, Welcome to the month of May. The first round of the NCAA tournament is finally here. Things got solidified earlier today. So we're recording this on Wednesday night. And it's Robert Morris winning the play-in game against Canisius. So our 16-team bracket is set the tournament is here. It is the greatest time of the year as the clock starts ticking towards Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Rabio, I know you got to be feeling great, but I want to hear it from your mouth. How are we doing?
2: I'm feeling great. There it is. You just heard it. Uh, the boys are buzzing. Uh, the 16-team bracket is all set in stone. And uh, yeah, man, this is it. This is the best time of year for uh, College across th- College Across fans. It's, it's one loss and you're out. And for these seniors, if you lose last time, you're going to be putting on that college helmet. So, you know, there's a lot of emotional factors that get into play. And, you know, I'm not going to get too emotional early in this episode. I'll, I'll save it for the back nine of it. But uh, yeah, man, this is a special time. It uh, kind of feels like yesterday. We were uh, previewing uh, the preseason All-Americans uh the, the top 25 poll. And
0: now here we are with 16 teams left. You ready to break them down? Dude, I mean, yeah, you, like like you said, the season flew by. I don't know whether it was because it was like winter in the Northeast decided to last oh, yeah. until May. I, like I don't know <laughs> what happened, but this season flew by. Um and, and you kind of mentioned it there a little bit, you know, every one of these teams, you know, there are gonna be 15 teams here, 15 groups of seniors who now end their career with a loss. Cause only one team can can end with a win here. Um, and one of those seniors who is looking to end their career with a win on Memorial Day Monday is Duke's Justin Gutterding. And we're going to have an interview with him a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but for right now, how things are going to work, just uh, just so everybody who's listening knows what to expect in this game, knows what to look forward to. We're going to be breaking debt. We're going to do a quick preview of the Saturday slate of games Then we're going to kick it over to our interview with Justin Gutterding. We're going to finish things off with a preview of the Sunday first-round games. So, I mean, we've got eight games this weekend. It's going to be
2: a loaded episode. It's going to be an absolutely loaded episode. You guys are in for a treat.
0: A loaded episode. Eight games this weekend to watch. Eight teams will advance. Eight teams will be that much closer to Gillette Stadium Memorial Day weekend. And kicking things off on Saturday at noon – We've got the Yale Bulldogs and the UMass Minutemen. UMass, winners of 11, 12 straight. I mean, they have been yeah. the hottest team. They have not lost a game in over two months. And Yale, they're coming off of that Ivy League championship loss to Cornell. They're obviously looking for a bounce back. So, Robbio, what I need you to do here, just give me one reason. I, you put them on upset alert last yep. week. So give me one reason right now why you think that UMass has a chance of winning this game against Yale.
2: The pure fact that it's so hard to beat a team, the same team twice in one season, and UMass thrives. That locker room and Coach Canella thrive on the fact of being this blue-collar team with so much grit playing against these white-collar, pretentious Ivy League kids. And, and I, I, know, I know no one on the Yale lacrosse team, I'm, I'm sure they're a great kid probably, probably great kids went to public school, but, but it's that UMass versus the world kind of mentality. It's these kids that kind of got passed up in the recruiting process. So they weren't smart enough to get into Patriot league, Ivy league schools. And, and UMass carries, carries a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I played under coach Canella my freshman year. I was part of that team. Whenever we played Harvard, UMass plays Harvard every single year. We put on Green Street Hooligans, the movie, the, uh, the soccer movie with the West Ham, and you get so fucking jacked up on that ride, you just want to knock some teeth in. So that UMass team, not only are they carrying a, what, 11, 12-game win streak, they have that extra chip on their shoulder. Now, now, I'm not saying that they're going to upset Yale, but this game is going to be extremely hard fought. And like we said, how we're going to break down all eight of these games, it's going to be one reason why each team will win. Uh, so we got to play devil's advocate here. I'm picking my winner. My winner is Yale and Yale will win. If they continue their defensive dominance and get help from their supporting cast. The only reason that they would lose is if their goalie goes 12% save again, save percentage again. And Ben Reeves breaks his hand for UMass. They will win. If they put together the perfect game and they've shown it all year with their great success on the face off, their wing play has been exceptional, those extra possessions and just taking advantage of those. They don't have like one stud of a player. I bet you if you look at their all CAA team, there might be like one there, even they're CAA champions. Um, yeah, that, that's it. I think it's going to be a super gritty game and a lot of people are uh, sleeping on the Us gorillas.
0: Now, real quick, Robbie O, did I hear you say in there, did you say that it's hard to beat the same team twice in, <laughs> in one season? Yeah, b-
2: believe it or not, I actually said that. I don't think I've ever said that before.
0: That's an incredible saying, and did you make that one up that is I, we're gonna have to use that one a little bit more often but listen man I, you're right it it's definitely going to be tough um, but if there's you know if, if there's one team out there that I think is uh, is up for the task this week, it is going to be those Yale bulldogs because this is a team who you know has been so consistent. All season long, we've mentioned this plenty of times before. Their only two losses in the regular season had been by one goal. Uh, the first one was the opening se- opening week of the season against Villanova. Uh, the second one was to Bucknell when they were just a buzzsaw in the middle of the season. They're knocking down top 10 teams left and right. Uh, so this is a team who has just been brutalizing teams and they do not lose big except for you know obviously that uh you know that cornell game in the ivy league final um that's just a, a kind of a a, a blitz for them that was kind of a blunder a letdown but it, like we said it's it's always better to lose then uh than in the ncaa tournament and i think that this is a team that is just they're too they're too well-rounded yeah. For this UMass team to, to keep up with, I mean, this UMass team they've won eleven straight. But I mean, you're playing against teams, and you know, in, in the CAA, and, and no disrespect to the CAA, it's a great conference. Uh, but you know, when you're getting wins over like Drexel, Delaware, uh, you know, your Fairfield's, I mean, they're all good programs. But you're not going up against a player who is as, as dynamic and can really take over a game like Ben Reeves. Uh, so you know, it, the fact that Yale is just so well rounded and such a, a buzzsaw team. Uh, that's my reason why they're going to win this game. But listen, I mean, UMass, they, uh, you know, I, I kind of just shit on this a little bit before, but <laughs> I, 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 I am. Yeah, but if, <laughs> if, if they're going to win this game, it has to be because they're just feeling themselves right yeah. now. I mean, they start off the season one and four. You start off that year one and four, like you're looking ahead to like whenever school's done. <laughs> you're, you're like, like wow,
2: I'm okay. hitting the beach.
0: Yeah. You're like, yeah. Like most of these kids probably already had like summer jobs lined up for the first week in May. All of a sudden, you know, so, so the beginning of the first week of March is over with, you lose that game to Albany 19 to eight. You're thinking about your summer already. And then you go on and win 11 straight. um, And you know, that, that kind of that mentality in the locker room uh, really starts to take over and and I, that little nugget of you uh, putting on Green Street Hooligans before Harvard, <laughs> that's a huge nugget. I did not know that UMass was, uh, you know, oh, that yeah. gritty. Yeah, um, so, I'm, yeah, so, I mean, they've got to have just this great mentality in the locker room right now where, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're not going to go into any game feeling like they are inferior. They're not going to go into any game feeling like they don't belong there. Um, so I think that that kind of energy is what they're going to need to feed off of if they're going to win this game against Yale. But yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm I'm picking Yale in this one. Uh, but yeah, I, I could I could see UMass making it tight. The second game on Saturday, we've got uh you know we we got them coming up a little bit later in this episode. We've got Justin Gutterding and the blue and the Blue Devils of Duke. They will be hosting Villanova. And this is one where, like you know, like we mentioned in our uh, Selection Sunday Instant Reaction episode, Villanova—not a team that a lot of people saw making the tournament, uh, big-time surprise team on Selection Sunday. I mean, they started off the year in Fuego. They were one, two, three, four, five and zero to start off the year. Uh, you know, they—they've been a top twenty team for most of the year, but. You know, things kind of fell off a little bit for them along the way. So, real quick, Robbie O, what is one reason why Duke – I feel like there are probably a lot of reasons yeah. right now, but give me one reason why you think Duke is going to come away with this win. Well, over it's going to be
2: reoccurring guest, Justin Gutterding. We're going to hear from him in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but uh, Justin Gutty was the first ever guest of the crease dive. So – It makes that a little bit more special to have him on the show again. First episode of the Crease Dive, wait, first guest of the first episode of the Crease Dive, and now the first guest of the NCAA playoffs. It is only right. But yeah, Justin Gutterding needs to stay hot. He's been driving this hot team the entire season. Um, and, and when he plays well, it's the people around him play well. So he is a great supporting cast, but he needs to get them involved. And if Villanova could find a way to shut him down, and I feel like this is going to be a theme in, as we go through these games, but if they find a way to shut down, slow down Justin Gutterding, that takes that, – that, that, that's a huge – if you take Justin Gutterding out of the equation, yes, Duke is loaded with weapons – but Gutterding is kind of like an Eli Manning, and I know you're an Eagles fan, but I, I love Eli Manning. I know Gutterding's an Eli Manning fan too, but he he just kind of makes people around him that much better. So I think he's got to get hot and get hot early. And as yeah, if you want to talk about Duke, what, what, what is what is your key point for Duke to come away out of many?
0: Well, first off, I, I can at least respect the fact that Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl-winning MVP. Um, you know, and I've, I've seen, uh, you know, e- Eli, he's uh, he's been to a few Duke <laughs> lacrosse practices before in his time. So, uh, I mean, I think uh, I, I think Gutterdane can definitely uh, feed off some words of wisdom that that dope has for him. Uh, but, Dang, yeah, I, mean, if, watch. If <laughs> I had to sneak that one in there. Um, listen, I mean, if there's one reason – um, out of the many that are in my head right now of why Duke is going to win this game over Villanova, um, listen, we're not stat guys. We, uh, you know, it's it's we don't watch the game with a calculator. With that being said, Duke right now uh, their shooting percentage is you know so they're shooting at they're operating at thirty seven point eight percent. Meanwhile, yes, that guy. Meanwhile, Nova down there at around 26.7. So, listen, I mean, Duke is going up against, you know, I, I'd say I, they're they're in the ACC. And I think the two best conferences, ACC, Big Ten, uh, and then Big East just a little bit below them. So, Duke playing in a better conference and they're shooting 10% better than Villanova. They are nasty, nasty finishers. They are filthy, filthy shooters. I mean, you got Gutterding, who has 96 points on the year, but then you've also got Brad Smith, Joe Robertson. Um, You know, you've got a bunch of guys who are taking, you know, 70 plus shots on the season, and they're finishing Mm -hmm. their opportunities. Um, so I, I think as long as Duke has the ball in their stick, which I think they will for a lot of this game, they're going to be finishing those opportunities. Um, and you know, as long as you give them and as long as they get enough shots, they're going to fill the back of that cage. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to jump in here though with, uh, you know, so that's one reason why Duke's going to win this matchup. If Villanova has any prayer of winning this game on Saturday, I hate to be cliche right now, but it is going to come down to the Philadelphia <laughs> underdog mentality. Now, listen, I understand a lot of you know some people kind of eh, is Villanova a Philly school or what? It's not exactly in Philly, whatever. And you can never call a school uh, on the mainline know? a bunch of underdogs because yeah, they're uh, you know mainline kids kind of have uh, you know upper hand uh, as soon as they're born. But listen. Nova has to buy into that underdog mentality because they have to be. These kids aren't idiots. These kids are on the internet. They have to be hearing everybody say that they don't belong in this tournament. They have to be hearing everybody say, like, who the hell puts Villanova in this tournament over a Rutgers or an Ohio State or this and that. Like That has to be bulletin board material for them. They have to know that they're going up against one of the best teams yep. in the country right now. Uh, And they have to buy into the fact that, you know, fuck everybody else, you know, fuck Quint, fuck the crease fuck everybody who has ever said anything about Villanova uh, disparagingly. We're going to go out there and we're going to kick some ass and and we're going to keep things rolling for Philly and we're going to keep things rolling for Villanova, national champions in basketball. So they have to have that mentality heading into that game. How much that can actually carry them, I guess we'll have to see, but it, that's like they're going to need to really buy into that. This Duke
2: team doesn't have the best luck against teams from Philadelphia when they were, uh, and this is kind of, I don't know if you can call UPenn a Philly team, it's kind of the same deal with Villanova, but uh, Duke struggles with these white collar mainline teams. So we were there, boots on the ground, when Duke was number one in the country. Uh, We saw our boy Gutty and the rest of the Blue Devils get knocked off, got upset by Penn at Penn. So uh, if history could repeat itself, man, uh, you might see a white-collar Philly team come away on top. But uh, who knows? I am rocking with Duke here with you. Moving on, we got Albany versus Richmond. Jordy, what does Richmond do to win Richmond wins if blank.
0: Richmond wins if if Connor Field. Like, listen, I, I just want to say something real quick because I've been catching a lot of heat recently for not, uh, quote unquote, believing in in Albany that much. i um, heading into this postseason. Listen, fuckers, I've been leading the Dane train since day one. I've been on the Dane train conducting that shit for years now. The I, I, beginning of the season, I had Albany as my pick to win it all. But the reason why Richmond will win this game is if Connor Fields is if one Connor Fields is not healthy. Which listen, guy, he's he's not. He's not, like it sucks. He's such an incredible player, but he's not healthy. And like you can't just pretend like he is because Albany oh, hasn't disclosed any injury information. No, he's, uh, he's not
2: healthy. Yeah,
0: he he is he is down. So one, if Connor Fields is not healthy, and then one B, if they are able to then lock off Dahoga and make him a little bit more of a non-factor. So you know that that's going to be, you know that that's all going to come down to Richmond's defensive schemes here. Um, But if if you can make sure that Dahoga has the ball in his stick as little as possible, um, and that Connor Fields just doesn't have it. Um, you know, health wise to beat you one on one, then I think that Richmond actually has a, p- a pretty good chance here. I-, I still got the Danes rolling in this one, um, but I think, you know, depending on how well they're, uh, you know, the Spiders are able to lock off to the Hoga, they're going to make this one interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, I got Richmond winning. If Fields, DeHoga, and Irwin get abducted in a case of a cartel gone wrong in Albany, New York, and uh, all Albany needs to do here is just walk in a straight line and uh, win some faceoffs. I, I don't. I don't think this one's close. I, Albany isn't losing to a to a Southern Conference team. I'm sorry. They, they might not yeah. play. They might not play in the best conference. They're not losing this game. Mark it, uh, Yeah. Block it.
0: I'm 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 right there with I'm not um you know, even with Fields being hurt, I'm not as worried about that in this game as I would be for the next round matchup, which would either between uh, Denver or Notre Dame, whoever which, comes which out. Of that. Yeah,
2: and, and which, when it gets there, you and I have had some lengthy discussions on that game. So, oh, and and watch us just be completely wrong, and the Spiders advance to the winner of a uh, Denver Notre Dame. It has happened before. It, um, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Albany UMBC, where we uh, we didn't even bother to cover it. We're just like, yeah, this one's uh, this one's gonna be a wash. Albany's just gonna blow the doors off of them. I check the score at halftime. I text you. I'm like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I feel I feel like we're both on the same page here. Yeah. That obviously Albany is is gonna you know gonna have themselves a not the hardest game in the world here. Um, but real quick, I mean, just one reason why Albany will win this game, which I think that there are a lot. Um, but it, it's this is where we're gonna see, um, you know, some of those other guys mm-hmm. on on Albany's offense really make a name for themselves. Um, you know, we've seen it all season long i mean we've seen kids like kyle mcclancy uh you know who, who's an mll draft pick pop off from game to game uh we've seen jacob patterson show up especially in that maryland game we've seen sean eccles show up in the tournament before uh so they just need those guys who aren't Doga and who aren't connor happy, Fields yeah. to show up
2: yeah happy you said that because i was also going to bring that point up uh in their american east conference championship game when they uh Beat our Catamounts. Uh, Albany had seven different – seven or eight different scores that game. So, yeah, you could take Connor Fields out of the equate. And I think that's why you uh, people were giving you uh, such a hard time because you are the, the conductor of the Dane train. But uh, why you have them not going to the Final Four is because, you know, you said there would be a, a mortal lock if Fields was 100%, but, you know, he, he's not. But I think for this game, uh, Albany has a, t- has a ton of uh, firepower here
0: yeah i mean they listen like i i have you know i i love all those kids um you know and and i know that they have a ton more talent that are you know that they're not wearing number five or number one with that being said like you take tom brady off the patriots they're not playing in the super bowl yes, every they year so they, tom brady's a system quarterback that's for another conversation that's another All right. you take, take. LeBron off All the right, are not in the final? There we go. Um, and then moving on to <laughs> moving on to the final game on Saturday, the first day of the 2018 NCAA Lacrosse Tournament. We've got the Loyola Greyhounds. They'll be hosting the Virginia Cavs. Robbie O. Oh. One reason why Lars Tiffany and the Virginia Cavaliers can come in here a year where they finally win in the ACC uh, for the first time since 2014. They get in-conference wins. Not only do they get in-conference wins, they make it to the conference championship, and now they're playing in the NCAA tournament. And this is a game that, you know, I've been looking around at some brackets, and a lot of people have the Cavs in this one. So, Robbie O., uh, you know, what is – you know, what's – What's one thing that, you know, can that Virginia can do that'll have them come out of this one with the dub?
2: Okay. Just before I say that, you have Loyola in the championship game and Loyola being our 2018 national champions. I have Loyola in the championship game. So you and I are both on the same page with Loyola winning this game. The only thing that is scary to me is it feels like a huge common man sucker bet. Virginia will win this game if they continue the solid goaltending and limit Pat Spencer's goal scoring. We just talked about LeBron James. He is the LeBron James of this team. I think that coach Lars Tiffany needs to take a page out of coach Nick Myers' playbook last year when Loyola played Ohio State in the playoffs. Ohio State did not slide to him. They made him a pure ISO Dodger, and that limited him. that limited him from seeing the field and you know not being able to use his teammates because that's what makes Pat Spencer so effective. So I would not be surprised if Virginia puts their best poll on him and they just say, okay, here you go. Take him and don't slide. Because it, it, the recipe worked last year in the playoffs. Uh, Ohio State shut him down, and that shut down Loyola. That ended their season. I – I would not be surprised here if Lars Tiffany takes a page out of Ohio State and they just purely play one on one against Pat Spencer, no slides.
0: Now, now, I'll, I'll okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree to disagree with you here because one thing that I think that Pat Spencer has been so much better at this year than he has been before is the fact that he can beat the shit out of you. One, well, I mean, dude, Pat Spencer is an absolute animal of a human being i mean this kid has size he has vision like he he's a big kid but like what we've seen from him you know freshman and sophomore year um you know is the fact that he's just so good at understanding where the slide's going to be coming from and if you slide to him he knows where that open man's going to be so he he's been just you know tactical in in getting those passes off, getting those dimes off to where the slide's coming from, and I agree that last year with Ohio State playing him just straight up one on one was easily the best decision that they could have made. This year, I think that he's just so much more well rounded than he's been before, which is scary. Um, but the, so that's that's I, like I don't know if defense is really going to play uh, a role in in beating Loyola at all. The only thing that you can do to beat Loyola is fill the back of the net quicker than the Greyhounds do. So my one reason why Virginia will win this game is their shooters have to be money this weekend. I mean we we've seen them, you know, from time to time. You know, they're a team, especially in that first uh, that first matchup between Syracuse earlier in the season um you know it was kind of a tale of two halves there I mean the first half their shooters were just off I mean they were going stick side high stick side high stick side high um and just like all high to high releases the second half you know they, they change up their release they change planes um you know and and obviously Syracuse kind of came out on that one with a one goal win but they at least made it the game and that's what they're gonna need to do this I mean you got Michael Krauss. Uh, kid is is a great finisher. Uh, he has 77 points on the year, but then you got a couple of Philly boys too. You got Docs Aiken and Matt Moore at Main Line. You got Doc Aiken and Matt Moore, uh, two of the better shooters in the ACC, and it, it, it's gonna like you need a couple goals from both of those guys, and not only just like a couple, like you need like a bomb. From a, at least a bomb or two from those guys, uh, because one the bombs always get the sideline going. So you know you're here if, if you know if Matt Moore steps in from you know 14 and just stings one, Virginia is going to be feeling themselves on the sideline, and that energy is going to keep rolling. Um, and also it, it's going to show that Loyola's defense that you know they can't stay sloughed in. Um, so it, it's going to take the Virginia shooters just being bang on all for four straight quarters if they're going to come out on top of this one because like I said Pat Spencer he's going to get his points against you this year. I mean he has 29 goals and 50 assists so yeah obviously he'd rather feed the ball than finish it himself but he's just is such a big body and I think he's the best rounded um attackman in a group of attackmen this year in in the nation who are all just nasty there's yeah. so many great attackmen and i think that his game is probably the hardest to find a weakness um we'll, I mean, we'll, so, we'll have to take that yeah. up with uh,
2: justin gutterning in about two minutes but yes I, I do agree with you there
0: yeah we won't tell him that i just said that but
2: <laughs> um no but yeah it's gonna come down to i think their are yeah their best depot is uh so it's gonna be probably pat spence on Scott Hooper. and we're not a stats guy here, but uh, he's uh, like number three or four in the nation with like 2.5 cost turnovers per game. So uh, that's also another big body, another six four plus guy. So
0: uh, well even even if Loyola gets past Virginia, yeah um, that, I, wait, waiting for him in the next <laughs> round will most likely be Chris Fake from Yale, the the freshman there. so uh, yeah answer. Pat Spencer doesn't personally have the easiest road to Gillette Stadium, but uh, yeah, if you if you checked out uh, my bracket and Robbie O's bracket on uh, on our Instagram at the Crease Dive on Instagram, also at the Crease Dive on Twitter, you'll see that we both have them playing in the National Championship game. I actually have them as my winners of the whole goddamn thing. Uh, so listen, loyal, look, look, hey, not not to put the pressure on you guys, but we but, need uh, you. You're, 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 going to make us look like a bunch of jackasses if uh, if you end up losing this first round game to virginia but that is uh so that is the saturday slate of games for the first round of the ncaa tournament uh, and before we get into the sunday games let's kick it right to our interview with dukes justin gutterding senior looking to make it to the final four for the first time in his career let's hit it and joining us right now, making his long-awaited return to the crease dive, we have our first guest ever. We've got Justin Gutterding from Duke on the line. And uh, so we're recording this on Thursday night. This is just uh, a couple hours after Justin was named one of the Towarton Award finalists. Uh, so right off the bat, Justin, congrats, buddy. That is sick. And it is great to have you back on. It's uh, Yeah, it's, it's a nice little full circle going on right now.
1: Yeah thanks for having me boys i'm excited
0: yeah man the first guest of the crease dive it's gotta be the first two-time guest now first too. two-time,
2: first guest, two-time, two-time guest. guest and the first guest it is only right that uh he is the first guest of the tournament speaking of the tournament uh that will be coming up this saturday it starts up but we're gonna get into that a little bit later in the interview first we just want to congratulate you. Uh, We're recording this on a Thursday. It's 10 p.m., so the boys are hitting the mics hot and late. Uh, congratulations on uh, making it to the top five uh, to, for the Torts and finalists list. That's just a
1: huge, huge accomplishment. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, definitely a, a goal I had personally, but uh, you know it feels good to uh, be mentioned with some of the greats.
0: Yeah. Um, well, first off, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll make sure that we uh, we edit that a little bit so that Coach Stanowski doesn't think that you're uh, you're up at all hours of the night recording podcasts. <laughs> I don't need to put the timestamp in there. Uh, but secondly, I mean, yeah, I mean here, here you are uh, as a Twarton finalist. I, I think uh, you know it might have been that first time that we had you on as a get we were talking about yeah. uh, the USILA. They put out a uh, like a preseason uh, player of the year watch list. Uh, and and your name was just so happened to be left off of that list, and I think everybody with kind of a brain uh, knew that that was <laughs> just a, a huge oversight on their part. Um, you know, you, you you've been putting up numbers the last few years, and uh, you know you, you've said personally, um, you know, and this might have just been a little player speak. Uh, that it wasn 't necessarily anything that was eating at you too much, but we all knew that you were going to you know make that list look like an absolute joke uh, so here you are now as one of the five finalists for the Tewarton. Uh and you know right now you are uh, you 're tied for the lead in the nation with points you 're at ninety six so you 're uh four away from getting a hunji uh, leading the nation in goals. So I mean, an absolute monster year, absolute monster senior season. Um, you know, so what does that mean uh to you to kind of, you know, you're you're the guy. Uh, you know, we talked about this your first time on the on the on the podcast. I mean, Duke has been known for having these top level elite attackmen. Um, you know, and you've been that guy for a couple of years now, but you're, you know, this is kind of uh kind. You know, kind of all of that coming together uh, with this honor. So, you know, how's yeah? So, how how does that feel right now? Obviously, it's it's got to be an awesome feeling.
1: Yeah, it really does. It feels great. Um, You know, I've been blessed to be coached by uh, Matt and Ned, who are both obviously tournament winners, Um, and they show me the ropes. Whether it be um, you know just certain attack play or just leadership skills, is um, something that I've been really working on. Um, because you know, we got we do have a young core. Um, but but helping helping out lead the way is uh, certainly Brad Smith on the offensive end. Um, he's had an incredible year. Um guys like Joey Robertson, Joe Minone, um Pete Conley and we got we got some young guys that um you know they, they need some some rope to uh you know, show the way and uh, Brad's been great uh helping away and you know, it's been exciting. Guys are stepping up and um, we're getting rolling right where we want, you know, so it's exciting. Well, it's definitely a sophomore dominant class or junior dominant class to say.
2: And then, you know, you've been in those shoes before, you know, you kind of touched on it briefly, but just talk about it. you know, you got karate on the sideline, these uh, former tour time winners, these former, you know, when you think of the Duke blue devils, you always think of having that one dude uh, at X carrying the ball. And obviously you've been the primary ball carrier for the past three years What's that kind of like to put on the jersey, put on the helmet and, you know, represent Duke and just, or I'll just kind of go out there and do your thing week in and week out because in my uh, honest opinion, I feel like you've been the most consistent all year.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it is a blessing putting on that jersey every every single Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is, um, you know, it is, it's just an awesome feeling and um, something that I don't want to end. So um, certainly, you know, guys are playing for the seniors this year and, um, you know, Hopefully, no matter what, it's our last our last home game together. So uh, we're going to go out and make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned right there.
0: Uh, you know, you, this this group right now playing for the seniors. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like it's it's not a. Uh, this is just common knowledge at this point. It's not a surprise, or you know, not. You know, un- a secret to anybody that this senior class at Duke, uh, you guys still have, have not made it to Memorial Day weekend. Um, and obviously that's going to be something that is driving you for these, you know, the these next, uh, well, especially on Saturday coming up against Villanova, um, you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, you, you guys have a team uh, that's been playing great, been playing consistent all season long, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, you, yeah, you, you know, those two losses in the regular season. Uh, unfortunately, we were there for the Penn one. So I don't know if uh, the Creasite boys caught you a little bit of bad luck. But that's a one-goal loss. Uh, another one-goal loss to Syracuse. And, you know, Q's had a great year within ACC play. Um, you know, and then you guys unfortunately ran into Notre Dame at kind of the wrong time when they were getting everybody healthy. Uh, and, and their offense was really snapping off in that game in the ACC semi. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you guys have been – you know, one, one of the best teams all season long, uh, without a ton of, you know, only a few minor blips there. So you guys are coming into this tournament as at least in my opinion, one of the favorites, um, you know, and you're going to be playing against a Villanova team who a lot of people, you know, in the lacrosse community, didn't quite see them as a tournament team. They were kind of a surprise team when they were announced that they were in the tournament. Um, you know, obviously for you, you know, a guy on the field, like you, I'm I'm assuming that the uh, you know the player speak answer here is that you can't take any team lightly um but you know wh- what is what is the mindset within uh that locker room right now I mean obviously you know you guys know what you need to do to handle this game but this is a Villanova team who is uh you know they're yeah. they're playing with some extra life here cuz you have to imagine that they didn't expect that they'd really be here either um so it, it's definitely going to be a battle for you guys against another Philly team so what is the uh what's the mindset heading into this weekend
1: Yeah absolutely um you know like you said, you really can't take any team lately because we know it personally. We were the last team in last year too. Um, you know, when we we came into Hopkins and and put on a nice show, so um, you you really can, especially tournament time. Um, every senior doesn't want to go home. It's not like Duke is like the only the only senior class that doesn't want to go home. It's it's every senior is playing for for what they love, and ever since they've been playing since second and third grade. So um, you know, seeing that that Villanova video of them reacting to them getting in the tournament is. You know they—they're clearly excited, and they—you know—they—they they, like you said it—they got another chance, so um, I'm sure they're just going to be just as excited as us to play. Um, you know, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, uh, it definitely is pretty scary playing as a team with nothing to lose.
2: But I feel like you guys also yep. have that—that uh, that mentality. You guys—you guys are kind of you know, even though you guys are Duke Blue Devils, and uh, it doesn't matter what sport it may be, you have a ton of fans, but you also have a ton of haters. Um, <laughs> so for you. You know, like we've been talking about, it's it's win or or go home, and you are not looking to go home. You're looking to make it to your first time at World Day Weekend. If you had to give an answer, you know, it, it could be anything. It could be chemistry, team dancing, anything superstitious, line drills. What would you say the Duke Blue Devils need to do for four quarters to be successful against Villanova team at home?
1: Yep, I think we just need to play for the full sixty minutes. Um, you know, we we talk with Coach all the time and. Um, and it's the truth. We are we're three quarters away from being fifteen and zero yeah. or sixteen and zero, whatever it is. Um, you know we we've had leads in all four, all three of the games that we've lost in the fourth quarter. So um, certainly playing with a lead is something that um, we've been working on in practice. Um, so I would just say playing consistently for sixty minutes, um, you know, and playing good for sixty minutes beats playing great for for thirty minutes or something like that. So um, you know, playing consistent would be my answer on that one yeah I mean four goals and
2: two quarters, whatever, three quarters away from me a sixteen and o team, but I yep. You're still in the tournament, honestly. I'm sure Danowski's been harping on this all week of practice. Records yep. don't mean shit here. It's 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 do or die at this point. So
0: speaking of all week at practice, so I I know that you know uh, you guys have brought in um, you know uh, you, you guys have had Eli at practice a few times. I think <laughs> that we talked about this the first time that you were on the podcast. Uh, so I mean, obviously, a, like a huge week of preparation for you guys. Uh, you, have you guys brought in anybody special uh, over this past? week of practice maybe some alumni coming back uh you know to instill some words of wisdom or are you guys just uh kind of rolling this one solo
1: yeah as of right now you know um we haven't had anyone but um you know we we got all we need you know we got the boys together and that's really all you can ask for um you know each day of practice and we got pretty much everyone healthy so practice has been great this week and uh you know it's been it's been fun. Loved
2: loved to hear that that the boys are buzzing and uh locker room's getting real hype. Um you uh we we trying to trying to dig into some questions here, Jordy?
0: Uh yeah, sure. Let's uh let, let's fire off a few questions here and then we'll uh yeah, This
2: we'll, one uh, uh this one's going to come from the opposite side, uh, a position that we don't like to talk about too much here on the crease side, but definitely respect it. Who has been the toughest defender you have gone against in your four years, and uh, why?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I've got a go, gone against a bunch. Um, I would say yeah, ACC play. Yeah, my freshman year, I would I would I would go with Brandon Mullins, uh, Syracuse. Um, he was an absolute stud. He, uh, you know, he had offers to play big time Division one football His kid. Was just an absolute monster. That's his uh, guy. Yeah, still <laughs> plays in the league. Um, you know. He is—he uh, was an absolute stud, and especially freshman year. Um, you know, dealing with all everything's going a million miles per second per, per hour, and you know, um, he, he's just an absolute stud, and I, I just couldn't really get anything going against him. So, um, what? Uh, yeah, what, what, it, you know. what were your numbers against him? Come on,
2: you're allowed to brag here, unless, unless, unless you're I, a double goose egg.
1: You know, I think no, I I, I think I've had, I t- had two goals, maybe off ball or something, but um, definitely nothing dodging him. He was—he was tough to beat. <laughs>
2: uh the next one is besides duke because obviously you guys are the best team who would you say is the scariest team in the tournament scariest team come may
1: um i don't know i guess you got to go with the terps um you know they're defending champs um you know they got a lot of talent um uh, yeah i'll go with, i'll go with the terps number one seed. Next one here comes
0: from uh Dan Orestia and he's asking number one player who wasn't on the player of the year watch list and should have been. Um I, I think that uh we, we definitely have a few in mind here, but uh you you know, what what are your thoughts on that one? Who uh who was left off of that preseason player of the year watch list that probably should have been there?
1: Oof. Um I can't really remember who exactly was on it, but um, that kid Teet obviously put up a monster year. Um, obviously he was a freshman. That's tough to put him on as a sophomore coming on. Um, he had a great year. Um, not really was sure it? who else.
0: Yeah, there was yeah. definitely uh, there was definitely like a Duke attackman that wasn't. On. I don't know how he <laughs> off the se- I don't know how he finished off the season. I don't know if he like lived up to it or not. Um, I'm gonna have to yeah. have I have to go back and look at that list. Yeah, and even the year that he uh, he was not it, I'm pretty sure
2: he uh, was second 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 in the country in points as as a, as a junior. But uh, hey, um, spe- going off of other teams and um, real quick, your because t- this has been an attack heavy season. Uh, I, yep. mean, I think you know uh, there have been a shit ton of goals and there have been a ton of just offensive weapons around the board and. You know, you you are blessed and, you know, a lot of these teams are blessed to have a supporting cast. And I feel like that's one thing that you do better than almost anyone else is kind of bring out the best in other players. There's one thing if you're an ex-attackman, a one-on-one type player playing street ball, just kind of put your head down and you're an excellent dodger. But I mean, I'm sure you could attest this. There's been games where you know that the slide's coming early and you have to turn into a feeder. Talk about like that that switch that you have to flip.
1: Yeah, I mean, reading the defense is something that um, you know that happens in practice with the scout. Uh, our scout defense does an incredible job, just giving us the best look of of what we think that their defense is going to do. Um, you know, and if you have to become a hockey assist guy for the team, and uh, that's not going to get you a direct point, but you know, guys guys on our team are are certainly doing that this year, and um, we call those guys the party starters. Um, you know. Yeah, uh, they start it and they, they get it all going and then, um, you know, usually it's, it's the attackmen that end up with the points, so um, midfielders like Riley Walsh and uh, Brad Smith and Kevin Quigley, these guys do uh, an awesome job of, you know, drawing to and moving it and just, you know, letting the other guys play, so uh, shouts to them.
0: I'm a, I'm a firm believer that hockey assists need to be a thing in lacrosse. Actually for the, uh, for the high school team that I coach, we have like a hockey kid who keeps our stats sometimes, uh, and he's always throwing around extra assists and I do not hate it one bit. Uh, this next question here comes from, uh, at Barstool Jordy on Twitter and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he asks, so, uh, Justin, you were drafted by the Ohio machine in the uh, 2018 MLL draft just uh, you know a few weeks ago. So, first off, this is our first time on here to congratulate you for that. Uh, but at Barstool Jordy on Twitter wants to know, will you sit out? with the Ohio machine until they give a roster spot to Jordy. He got left off the roster after his tryouts earlier in the season. Um, will you stand in solidarity with Jordy? Will you pull a Rudy moment, uh, drop your Jersey off in coach's office and give that <laughs> spot you, to Jordy? A.
1: You know what, for you, you've been, you've been a day one. So, uh, you know, I, I've certainly got to take some, uh, put some thought into that. So um you know you're my guy got 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 to think about that one <laughs> let's go love it
2: real just just a classic case of real recognizing real but yep. uh yeah dude de- definitely congratulations on the mll draft uh, yeah you've reached the highest level of your sport so obviously that's a huge accomplishment but uh, we're going to stay in the now um, yep. just focusing on duke lacrosse. you know you're a senior we'll go back to that theme what has been and you've had plenty plenty of memories plenty of games pretty hard times plenty of just unforgettable great times. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite favorite memory in this 2018 season? It could be from a football practice or it could be to, I don't know, today in practice. Do you guys do
0: football? Uh,
1: oh, yeah, we, right. We, scrim- we scrimmaged Ohio State and uh, Furman this year, so we got a little bit of that. Um, you know, my a direct moment, I would say, um, has to start early in the year when we were scrimmaging Ohio State. Um, you know, we were kind of getting it handed to us a little bit um in halftime and uh I think it was like 12-2 or something like that and we were on pace coach said like you guys are on pace to lose 24-4 to or something like that so what the hell like just go out and play and have fun um you know we turned it around like in the in the third quarter and although it was a scrimmage I think that uh kind of attested to our who our team is and who our team is going to be um you know and that's certainly been our mentality it's just a bunch of scrappers um and guys who aren't going to quit the boys are getting nice and
0: gritty there blue collar do it, yep. it, two things that usually don't go together blue collar and duke but i can see it with the way that you guys play um you know and and it's been great to watch all season i, I got another personal question here for you because uh I'm, I'm i can't really find these questions on instagram and and uh twitter yeah, oh no,
2: I'm, I'm kind of just making them up. Have you noticed I haven't said anyone's yeah. name? Well,
0: well so, so here, here's another question for you, and, and this one is uh, for all the gearheads in the building. Um, so I, I haven't had a chance to really study your stick over the last few games, but I have seen you put up on, uh, on social media a, uh, a Yeezy-inspired dyed head. One, have you been using that? Uh, and, and two, if not, Why?
1: Um, you know, I, I, I used it last game against BU um, and uh, played pretty well with it. But uh, my guy, Rob Rimmer from Lacrosse Unlimited, i got to give a shout out to him. Uh, he does an insane job dyeing some of these heads. Um, you know, he he thinks of all the designs. I, I kind of just go with it. And, uh, you know, he's been awesome. And i got to give a shout out to my equipment manager, Jay Bissett, who also strings all the sticks. So uh, for the past four years, um, you know, I don't string my own sticks. Yeah, no, no
2: doubt.
1: What uh, what
2: are you going with? Two ropes.
1: Yeah, I go with uh, two shooters and a nylon on top. So I use a Stallion U five fifty. Um, you know, I got I got to move on to the, the seven hundred soon. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I stick now, now, now
0: I know that, you know, we're, we're still focused on Villanova this weekend and hopefully, uh, you know, a few more games leading up to Memorial day weekend. Um, but again, you, you are going to make that transition into the MLL, uh, you know, at, at the very least, uh, in, in like, you know, a month. Uh, so how excited are you to finally be able to throw some use back in that stick?
1: Oh, that's that's going to be nice. Um, You know, those 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 were the glory days when you could. uh, Yeah, you could string those up. And um, yeah, those were awesome. Um, So that's going to be fun. And playing with guys like Tom Schreiber and Kyle Harrison, Marcus Holman, this the roster is pretty stacked. So hopefully I get a shot to uh, to play it. So it'll be fun. And and uh, and and don't forget Jordy on there. Yeah, uh, no one <laughs> Uh
2: But no, uh, real real quick. Uh, those questions did come from our socials on Instagram, on Twitter at the Crease Dive. So just a real quick shout out to at Thomas D uh, nineteen and Eric Golder, um, Dan Ar Aristia, the dude from Inside Lacrosse. I, I think I definitely butchered that. And then Mike Ziegler. So uh, yeah, definitely shout out for those questions. Uh, Jordy. Any other questions you want to ask the boy before he hosts a bunch of Wildcats?
0: Uh no, man. I, I think uh you know, obviously, you know, we're again we're we don't try we try not to play favorites, but you know, you were uh you were the first ever guest to come on mm-hmm. the crease dive, and you know, we're uh we're we're super appreciative of that. Uh and we would love nothing more than to see uh the Duke Blue Devils back at championship weekend. And uh, you know, again, obviously we you know, not looking ahead too much. You got a, you got a big tilt this weekend against Villanova. But if the cards all uh fall into place and you guys do make it to Memorial Day weekend, Rabio and I <laughs> get, te, get get in uh Danowski's ear and get us yeah. some uh field passes. Oh, real quick though, uh, while we'll, we're we'll talking paint the faces about, blue. We'll, well, here's the thing, because Robbie, oh, this is going to be the last thing that I leave this with, because I don't know if you are going to paint your face blue. Uh, so, if if everybody saw on our uh, on our social channels that Robbie was just talking about, so we put out our brackets for the year uh, or for the tournament. Uh, so, you know, Justin, I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I've I've got you boys in the national championship game. Yeah. Um, so, and Robbie, oh, though. This is okay, uh, okay. 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 This is this it's is you, you hate to you hate to see this because Robbie O has Hopkins coming out of that bracket and going to Gillette for the final four. So all right, no, 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 no. It I'm, is, cool I'm with it. Fade, fade Robbie O. Cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say, Justin. Uh, there is a hashtag fade Robbie O for a reason. I am pretty ass with my picks. <laughs> Haven't been the most consistent. It's called a reverse jinx, Jordy. Ever heard of it? Right. We're gonna be uh, on the sideline with with the Blue Devils come World Day weekend. I I, I was
0: just trying to see if we could get another uh, Robbieo flip flop.
2: A flip flop? No, no, you're not gonna see a flip flop.
0: Uh, all right, well, uh, yeah, but, Hey, Justin, we really appreciate you coming back on here. Uh, best of luck heading into this weekend. Uh, make sure that everyone checks out that game. You guys are the uh, what? You're the two fifteen game on Saturday. So that'll be on ESPNU. Yep. Grab yourself a six-pack. Grab your ass a couch to sit in. and uh, Grab yourself a shirt. Yeah, grab yourself a shirt from store.barstoolsports.com. And, uh, yeah, everyone watch, uh, you know, four points away from uh, from 100 there. So let's, uh, you know, we, we got our uh, go, fingers crossed for you personally and fingers crossed for the Blue Devils. So go out there, kick some ass, and, uh, yeah, fade Robbie O. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it, boys. So you guys are the best. Thanks, Justin. We'll talk to you, bud. All right. And thank you again to Justin Gutterding for hopping on the podcast once again. Uh, you know, like we mentioned before, he's got a huge one coming up against Villanova on Saturday. And we're, uh, you know, we, we don't like to play favorites too much, but we're really hoping that uh, Gutty and the boys pull this one off and would love to see him get into Gillette to Final Four weekend for the first time in his career. Uh, but, you know, moving on from the Saturday slate of games, we've also got four to look forward to. On Sunday, Uh, starting off right away with the defending champs, the Maryland Terps. They will be taking on the winners of that play-in game, Robert Morris. Um, Listen, this is a game that I think a lot of people, I'd say 95% of people, are on the Terps. Robbie O, if there is one chance in hell that Robert Morris is able to pull off this upset, what's it going to take? If Robert Morris is going to win
2: this game, obviously crazy things have happened this year. Not not too many, too many upsets this year in Division I lacrosse. But in the sports world in general, uh, unfortunately your Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl was one of them. But if Robert Morris is going to win this one, they're going to need a miracle. They're gonna to have to play a perfect game. Four quarters. I hear your lip, lip smacking. I know you want to chime in and, uh, dig at me with this Eagles. And then they're, they're, Canadian studs. They're, uh, all four of their leading scores are from our friends from the country of up north, uh, Ohio, Canada. So they're gonna need, uh, yeah. They're, they're going to need a, a miracle here. I I, can't, I I got no other, I got, I got nothing, Jody. Uh, this is the defending national champions. Uh, you know, they've been here four times uh, in the national championship game. This isn't Tillman's first playoff game. This isn't Tillman's first playoff game against a team that could be considered a trap game. You know, some coaches kind of love having a top 10 matchup or like a better quality team, but Maryland isn't one of those teams that no offense to Robert Morris. Uh, I, I've, if you know me, my man up of the week has been Robert Morris multiple times. So no offense to them, but Maryland, the Terrapins aren't a team that play down to their skill level. So you know, I got Maryland here. Uh, ho- hopefully Robert Morris gives them a good fight and we can watch a good game, but uh, I don't see this one being close.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we have seen a 16 takedown of one um, in the world of sports this year with UMBC taking down Virginia in the basketball tournament. So to say it's impossible isn't totally true. But yeah, like, like you said, I mean, this one is, uh, I mean, the only – the only possible thing that I would po- that I could ever see working in Robert Morris's favor, um, just the fact that this Maryland team has been playing so much lacrosse over the last four now five years. This will be, um, you know, th- they've been to the Final Four for the last four years. Uh, all these kids. So unless you're a freshman on this Maryland Terps team, you've been to. Memorial day weekend. So maybe just Maryland has been playing too much lacrosse lately. I mean, they play until the last weekend of the season every year. So maybe the wheels just finally fall off. Um, but if if the wheels are coming off, yeah, I I do not see it happening this week. Um, Robert Morris, best of luck to you. Uh, but it's, uh, it's 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 going to be the Terps coming out on this one, so we don't need to talk about a reason why they're going to win this game. I think that there are going to be plenty. But this next game <laughs> so cannot uh, cannot wait to be talking about Robert Morris in the quarterfinals next week. yeah uh let's uh yeah if if everyone if somehow robert morris actually does pull off this upset i need everybody to delete every single shred of existence of this podcast ever but moving on to so i mean we're we're predicting a pretty big win from maryland there i I don't want to disrespect robert morris because they got into the tournament so i'd say like five goals is is a pretty you know Pretty big win in the NCAA tournament, so let's just stick with a five-goal win for the Terps there. But one that is going to come down to the wire, one that is probably the biggest 50-50 matchup in the tournament right now, we've got Denver Heading to South Bend, and they'll be playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish Ryder Garnsey versus Trevor Baptiste, a couple recurring guests on the crease dive. This is a game that happened earlier in the season, but it was all the way back in, uh, you know, the early March, March 10th, and it was Notre Dame coming away with an 11 9 win at home. So here's the rematch. Give me one reason and, and i 'll let you choose who you want to talk about first, but give me one reason why one of these teams are going to come out on top because I, yeah. I think you can ask you know a hundred people in the country about who 's going to win this game, fifty of you fifty of them are going to tell you Denver, and fifty of them are going to tell you yeah,
2: Denver. I agree with that statement, and I know for a fact that you and I both have different answers, so uh, let 's each give our reason on what that factor is for that particular team to win the game. I will start off, and it will be Denver. Denver will win because of reoccurring guest Trevor Baptiste, the best face-off man, arguably a Tewaritan winner this year. Uh, he broke the career-high record, number one pick in the MLL draft, uh, the first-ever college player um, to be selected for Team USA to represent our country in world games in Israel this summer. But put all that to the side, none of that matters. He's not playing against Team USA right now. He's playing against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Go back to my statement. It is very hard to beat a team twice in one season, and that is Notre Dame beating Denver again. It it won't happen. Um and, and you're gonna argue me here, and, and and I agree. Denver's offense is we always say because because you're you're gonna win the faceoff battle with Baptiste. That that that's a given. So, so put that in the record books. But even and we always say you can't score if you don't have the ball. That's fine. Denver has been putting up bismal bismal offensive numbers this year, which has been kind of jekyll to the hide of Notre Dame. Uh, if you saw their ACC absolute just burning corners. Um, but I, I just feel, you know, they got Coach Bill Tierney. Uh, he's going to put the fear of God in them to score the goal, to score the ball. And yeah, this is a Denver team that's going to walk away uh, with a W. I can't see this uh, being Trevor Baptiste's last game. It just it it wouldn't feel right to me if Trevor didn't get back to Moral Day weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it there, like uh, this this Denver offense just they're missing a guy who's like uh Connor Knazero, a guy who can really create for himself, um Ethan Walker, uh I mean one of the smoother shooters in the nation, uh, obviously a, a huge subscriber to the philosophy of low to high to the day we die. Um but yeah, if you if you don't have a guy who's able to get him the the ball um with a little bit of time and space he's not out there really creating that many shots for himself. I mean, I, he's got 44 goals on the year, so obviously he's doing something (laughs) right. Um, But I, I think going up against a defense like Notre Dame's um, it's, it's going to take a little more than what Denver has. And I mean, Denver has three losses on the season. All three of them are to teams who are in this tournament. So I, and you know, they've got uh they've got, one win it looks like here against a tournament team. Um, and that's Villanova who a lot of people are arguing shouldn't really be a tournament team. Um, so, you know, you kind of see Denver just, they haven't had what it takes to win these games against these big time opponents this year. Um, Mm -hmm. And on the complete opposite side of, of what I just said about Denver, right there, this is the one reason why I think that Notre Dame's really going to come out on this one because we know what to expect from their defense. We know that they're going to hold uh, Denver's offense down as much as they can. They're going to hold pretty much any offense down as much as they can. Uh, but with you know what, what Denver's offense is lacking is just a, a well-rounded Great. game, and that's what Notre Dame's offense has been over these last few weeks. Um, you know, after taking down Duke in the ACC semifinal, after taking down Virginia in the ACC final, after taking down Army seventeen to five in their final game of the season, this offense has come together. They gelled perfectly. They got their guys back and healthy. I mean, with Garnsey on the field for sixty minutes, with Costabile back out there, with Gleason. I mean, this they're loaded. Is yeah, a, yeah, and. loaded offense and i think that that is going to be the difference maker here i think even with trevor Baptiste, and i mean even notre dame's offense guy in the last game uh john Travisano, he he at least you know made it a battle with Baptiste. so Baptiste can get denver's offense the ball all they want but when you got john sexton taking the ball away every other possession he's gonna be on that wing too yeah so i i just think that Notre Dame, as of right now, is the more complete team. And that's why I've got them advancing yeah, I mean, in this one. I,
2: we talked about it. They Their offense in the middle of the season was just absolutely fucking terrible. I mean, they were putting up like five goals a game. They were horrible. Uh, but so we're either going to see the offense that showed up against UNC in the regular season, or we're just going to see this. Goals on goals. I mean, they put on an absolute clinic in the ACC tournament. You know, this is a team that I don't really want to – who I don't want to play right now. And and I know I'm going with Denver here, and and I'm not going to go Robbie Flip-Flop style on this right now. But if I am Notre Dame, I need Mikey Wynn to step the fuck up and get out of witness protection, dude. As a freshman, the kid had 50 points. Then he had 40. Then he had like 45. He's sitting on – 23 points, 19 goals, and four assists. I have zero idea what he is doing, but you're right. All So he needs to come out because he's been in this postseason before. He's a veteran. He's a senior now. He's not a, Even though he had 50 points as a freshman, the kid's not a freshman anymore. And this is a Notre Dame team. Like you said, they had offensive struggles in the beginning of the year. And if you looked at last episode, we had Ryder on who said, you know, all their top middies were hurt battling with injury. Dude, they're coming together, and they look—they look incredible. They—they they look like a team on a mission. They're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, That—that's what Notre Dame's going to need to do to win. Uh, I'm going to go with Denver here, but uh, but yeah, um, we're going to see how the, how this game plays out because one of us is going to be right, one of us going to be wrong. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, that that one is you know I've I've got Notre Dame as. The hottest team in the country right now, um, you know, even though it's only been, you know, a handful of games, I think that, you know, they are the definition of getting hot at the right time. Uh, so, I mean, Denver, they're they're a great program, a great career for Trevor Baptiste, but he's got a ton of lacrosse to look forward to the rest of this <laughs> summer. On, so I think he's focused he, on he, uh, one game right now. And <laughs> but, but, but I, but no, I, I don't think that it, that's going to uh, hinder his performance in this weekend. Yeah. I'm just saying that I think that the rest of his summer gets he's, going he's after like, this wait, weekend. Wait, wait, wait. Um, but yeah, one yeah, of, one of, on. But yeah, but one of us will be right. And well, we're uh, one definitely going to need wrong. a picture
2: of uh, Baptiste, Garnsey, and uh, Sexton. All have been reoccurring guests on our show. So despite the score, going to need that pick. <laughs>
0: yeah come on now boys just show some uh you know do it do it for the content do it for instagram and twitter at the crease dive follow us right now if you aren't following us on twitter and instagram robbie o is going to come over to your house and (laughs) unleash a low to high bullet right to the uh arm to the uh, ankle (laughs) Worm burns in the ankles of Robbio special. Uh, but moving on, so the third game on Sunday, we've got the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays, uh, huge, you know, Big Ten champions. A uh, huge year for Hopkins, kind of reasserting themselves as one of the top programs in the nation. Coming up against another team who is back in the tournament for, uh, you know, the first time in probably a while. I, haven't, I don't remember seeing Georgetown in a while, honestly. but we've got oh, – Holy fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. it's it's been a while, I, I think. Uh, so, uh, But, yeah, so Georgetown Hoyas, they will be taking on the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays I'm, I'm going to go ahead right here real quick. And I'm going to say that, you know, the one thing that Georgetown is going to have going for them in this game uh, is the fact that, you know, I, I think that they are very strong uh, defensively. And I think that, you know, there, there's something, uh, you know, they, they're only giving up, you know, about eight goals a game. And, and, while this Hopkins offense has been way more consistent than Hopkins offenses in the past, they still just seem a little okay. streaky yeah. to me at times. I mean, I, mean, it's, I think it's just the flair that these guys play with. I mean, Kyle Marr, Tinney, Colt Williams. Um, I mean, these are all kids who, you know, not only do they put up ridiculous numbers, uh, but they look great doing it as well. Which is why I think they won um, the Big Ten because they look the best. Just came down to that, yeah I mean yeah they, they look they look so good, but i I don't know there's just something about their game that kind of seems like they could hit a wall eventually, and I think that Georgetown um you know I, I don't think that they're the best defense in this tournament. But I think that they're a very, very strong defensive group. So right now you need to rely on that defense to limit Hopkins' opportunities. And the opportunities that you do have, you just have to hope that Hopkins you is you have on, Hopkins uh, on
2: the upset alert here.
0: Uh, no, I, I don't want to officially call it upset alert. I, I think we will, uh, you know, we have already mentioned our upset alerts in the selection Sunday episode. So, uh, Syracuse, if you can call it an oh upset, dog. you know, I, you, made a, you made a good point for UMass, at least having a shot against Yale, even though I, we both picked Yale in that one. So I don't want to put Hopkins on upset alert just yet. Um, but I do think that this is going to be a close game. I think the line right now is at like one and a half goals. I, I think Hopkins covers that, but it the line is one and a half yeah, for a reason. It is. I mean, those guys that uh, lack Vegas lines, and if you guys aren't following them already, shoot
2: them a follow them on Twitter. Always fucking spot on, scary spot on with their lines. Uh, spot on to the fact that uh, my bookie had to come find me uh, not too not, not too long ago. But uh, no, <laughs> just going off of piggybacking off of your Georgetown team, Georgetown um, reasoning. This, this is a Georgetown senior class that has had one hell of a ride. Uh, last year, they had two wins. year before that, they had four wins. So, so, so they've been through it all. And now they're in the NCAA tournament again. Big East champions, they're riding high. They're riding this wave. And, you know, it's a crazy story. And we've seen – there's just something about – and I don't know if you agree with me. There's something about a senior – Uh, college athlete, student athlete, because always, you know, student first. But there's just something about a senior. Just when it comes to pressure, they always seem to rise to the challenge. And that's what's scaring me with my Hopkins pick. Because for uh, those of you who haven't seen our picks, like, like Jordy said, it's at the crease dive on Instagram and Twitter. I have Hopkins winning this whole thing, which is so fucking risky. And I love every second of it. But this game is super scary to me. I honestly, if they if they get past this game, etc., you know, I don't really have see a problem with them. No, l- let's just focus on the now. Hopkins needs to stick to the formula that they've been going with to, to keep winning, and why they won the Big Ten. And that's scout goaltending. They're crushing the faceoffs, and they have this offense that is playing make it or take it, just shooting lights out. My player to watch isn't Marr. It's not a Cole Williams. It's not reoccurring. Uh, um, reoccurring guest uh, Joel Tinney the Tin Man it's Pat Frazier the senior midfielder and I was just talking about seniors you know this is a guy who's been pretty streaky and he's been gun shy lately and I think that they're going to need him to step up from the midfield uh, to take some pressure off of this attack man I can see this kid spazzing out uh, in this NCA tournament and yeah Pat Frazier Keep an
0: eye out for him. Right, yeah, the name is Johnny <laughs> down on the notebook, and we'll be looking out for uh, Real quick, though, uh, just staying on this game for uh, two more seconds here. Um, the one thing, so I, I, by now everybody knows my take on Tierney, Denver, and the Big East tournament. They throw it on purpose uh, to get a team like Georgetown for now – for some reason, the, the committee decided to put three Big East teams in the tournament this year. So I don't know if throwing the tournament had that much of a uh, impact on, this, uh, on the seating or anything. Um, but the winner of the Big East, so the last two years before this year, was Marquette. Uh, and, in 2016, they go into the uh, tournament. They lose to uh, the eventual national champions, North Carolina. 2017, they go into the tournament. They lose in their first-round game to Notre Dame. Uh, this year, I, like, this is the thing. I, I think that there's such a high of these teams, like, beating Denver uh, in that Big East final or in that Big East tournament and winning that conference when no one expected them to win because everyone's expecting Denver to win the Big East. I think that there's just such a high from winning that conference that as soon as you get into the NCAA tournament, you kind of have. You, you spent all the gas that was left in your tank to win the conference. So, I mean, that that's definitely something that I think Hopkins will have going for them in this one. It's just that Georgetown is coming off of such a high of winning the Big East that they just – they might not have anything left in the tank for Hopkins. So, uh, yeah, I, I got Blue Jays covering, but I do think that Georgetown keeps this a low-scoring affair. And then the final game on Sunday – We've got one that is uh, – it's, it's definitely a controversial matchup, not because of the teams that are playing in it. I, I think that everyone can agree that uh, you know both of these teams should be in the tournament. But in terms of who is hosting the game, and it is Syracuse hosting the Cornell Big Red in the Carrier Dome. The selection committee loves, loves, loves themselves <laughs> some dome. Uh, so I, I mo- most people, uh, most people thought that this should have been flip-flopped, that it should have been a road game for Cuse, uh, Cornell at home. But listen, I, I mean, it, if you want to win the national championship, you got to beat whatever team is in your way and you got to play on whatever field you're thrown on. So spare me, you know, uh, your, your fucking song and dance about Cornell having to travel to Syracuse, uh, Robbie, O, what do you got on this matchup? And will we see Cuse with another first round loss in no. the dome? Because yeah, no, like we, never This is that.
2: something that's been a common theme, and and I think Coach Desco and uh, the rest of the Orange men are, are well aware of this. Uh, you know, Coach Desco is, is one of, if not the best coach in the country. Fourth year in the row being uh, the ACC Coach of the Year. I think Cornell wins if you know Christian Knight and Jeff T just keep being complete beasts. It's, it's that simple. Um, you know, you got all American, uh, Nick Mellon guarding teat, um, in the regular season game, he's going to guard him again, this game, uh, even though one-on-one, I think he only had like one goal on him. The kids still found a way to put like five or six points up. So, you know, he, he has weapons, but th- this Syracuse team needs to figure it out on all sides of the ball. And it starts, it starts with what makes them a successful team when they were winning and not losing to, you know, Navy and getting blown out by Albany. It, it's it, – it's, they're not playing street ball. It's not one guy making a show. It's the Middies initiating and, and, and moving the ball around. You know, this is something – and we always see it week after week is the Syracuse attacker with these – you know, the Middies will, you know, draw a slide and dump it to these crafty attacker and then they'll just do the most ridiculous shots – you know, it, it, every goal that Syracuse scores is assisted. They, they are very, very good uh, with teamwork and, and moving the ball around and having assisted goals. And then as far as the defensive end goes, it, it's defensive communication and solid goaltending. We saw it against, I want to say it was UNC or, or Duke. It was an ACC team that I was just, oh, it was Notre Dame at the Dome. And, and Notre Dame just could not do anything, and, you know. They they couldn't beat their man, and the goalie was saving it at, a, at like a 40% rate. You know, it's hard to win a game like that. So if Syracuse sticks to their winning formula and what they know, I think they have a very, very good shot to win this one. And like you said, if Cornell wins, it's considered an upset because Syracuse is the, the home underdog. Or, sorry, uh, Cornell is the away underdog. I, I, I don't know. Cornell is... I have Cornell winning this game just due to the fact that um, they're just fucking pissed off that they they kind of have a fire under their ass that, wow, we, we just beat them. Like, why are we the away team kind of mentality? But then again, it's Syracuse and they're an NCAA legacy tournament team. So I also couldn't be surprised if uh, if they win. I'm not gonna go Robbie flip flop on here. I'm sticking with Cornell, but it actually kinda hurts me to say this. I think it's gonna be a close game. It's definitely not gonna be a 5 wheel game like last time.
0: Yeah, I mean if uh, you know if if I think that Syracuse is going to win this game, it is going I I gotta have to steal a uh, an old saying from uh, <laughs> I forget who said this. I'm gonna have to Google it real quick see who uh, who came up with this one but it is I, I believe but, uh, it is hard to beat the same team twice in one year uh, so I mean like you said I mean Cornell's going into this game uh, you know and and obviously in the back of their head they know that they've already taken down Qs before um, you know and and that was you know a five goal win um, now granted you know that was you know that was a home game. For Cornell, mm-hmm. um, so you know we'll we'll see how they do in the dome, um, but yeah, you know, like dome, sweet, time, yeah, it's it's tough to beat the same team it twice. Really
2: is first. put it put it on a shirt, label it, print it out. Speaking of shirts, real quick. Make sure you guys are buying that Barstool Lax shirt in the Barstool merch store right now. Show the boys some love. We got some crease dive shirts on the way. You know, just in time for the tournament. You know, you're slugging on the couch. You got a six pack in front of you. Heck, Maybe you're at the games. Yeah, it's, it's, that's your that's, that's your game day shirt right there. That's, that's the shirt of the tournament. I don't care what anyone says.
0: Dude, that is your game day shirt. It is your uh, going out on a date shirt. Your it is your shirt. shirt. It is the shirt that you should be buried in when you die. Bye, bye, bye. Store.barstoolsports.com. Uh, but yeah, so if Cornell is going to win this game, though, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely piggybacking off of, uh, you know, something that you were kind of saying here. Uh, this is going to have to be a big fuck you moment to the selection committee. Um, so far, all of my picks have been the favorites. Um, and you know, uh, those ones are all clearly favorites, um, in terms of this one, as we've mentioned, it's, it's tough to call either one of them a favorite. Um, I think Lax Vegas lines has Cornell right now as the, uh, as the favorite in that game. Uh, but you know, this is going to have to be Cornell sticking it to the selection committee. I feel like there's one game that, you know, each year in the tournament, that's a real big, like, what the fuck were you guys thinking to the committee? Uh, last year it was when they put Hopkins in the tournament, even though everybody knew that Hopkins didn't deserve to be in the tournament last year, Duke comes out and just smacks him around in the first round. Uh, so that, that's a big, you know, committee shape the hell up. And this one right here, I mean, it's going to be Cornell traveling to Syracuse, playing in the dome and showing the committee like you guys are a bunch of bozos. We shouldn't have had to hop on the bus. We should have been, you know, being able to win this game and go right back to our apartments and party it up. Um, And yeah, I mean, if, if I'm Cornell right now. I'm doing nothing. I'm not even practicing. I'm just having everybody in the film room watching the 2009 NCAA National Championship on repeat, on repeat. On repeat just to feel that fire being like these fuckers they you know we were that close um and and let's uh let's spoil it for them this year but yeah so that uh you know I any more uh, closing remarks on syracuse Cornell? I'm, I'm with cornell i, I forget what you, are you uh, yeah are
2: yeah you uh, I'm, I'm with cornell this game too so i right behind you and then as always i'll finish this off with, In case you missed anything in this episode, Jordy's always putting up, let's pump you up real quick. Jordy always puts up the best, most fire blogs, everything you need to know before going into the weekends. Every single Friday at 1.30, it is his Division One lacrosse weekend preview blog on BarstoolSports.com. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Let us know what you think of our picks. Let us know what you think of our brackets Uh yeah, just let us know what you think we've really, really just dropped the ball on because uh, I have a feeling we're going to have to apologize to a couple people on Monday. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. I am so excited for the playoffs to get started. I know you are. Uh, Jordy, any final remarks? That is it for your boy.
0: Yeah. uh, Real quick, just to recap. So we've, uh, you know, we, we both got Yale coming out on Saturday. So both got Yale. We've both got Duke over Nova. We've both got Albany over Richmond. Uh, I think we both have Loyola over Virginia. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right. So Saturday we are, uh, you know, we're four for four on the same page with picks there. Uh, then on Sunday we've got both got Maryland over Robert Morris, uh the 215 game is where things get dicey. I'm going Notre Dame. Robbie O's got Denver. Uh the five o'clock game, we've we've both got Hopkins and the seven o'clock, so we've both got Cornell. So we're uh the only difference in picks there are Notre Dame and Denver. So uh I mean one one of us is gonna have a better weekend than the other, and uh Robbie O, uh great guy and everything but uh i i I hope i come out on top on this one but uh yeah make sure you guys are following us on social again we we plugged it a few times you probably already know by now uh at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you send us pictures this weekend of, of watching it. Whether you're on your couch or at the bar or at the games, uh, you know, send us your pictures of you guys watching the tournament. Uh, send us your picks as well. Send us any commentary you guys have, like Robbie O just said. Uh, but listen, we we got a huge, huge slate of college across this weekend, first round in the NCAA tournament. Cannot wait to get to it. Thanks one more time to Justin Gutterdang for stopping on here. Uh, hopefully he's got a, another week or uh, another couple weeks left in his season, left in his career at Duke. Uh, so while we get prepared to watch this first round of games, as always, low to high to the day we die, we out.
2: I'm a champion. I'm a killer. I'm a savage. Been that way since the beginning. Me and Twizy really spit us, Why the hell is y'all pretending? We just youngins on the loose. Ain't no need for apprehending. And we never second guessed it. Cause we always had a vision. I'm a beast. I'm a dog. Tell me what's the plan of action. When I tell you that I want it, pull them out like Janet Jackson. Put your name on the boat. But you know I'm still a captain. When the liquor's in my system, baby, anything can happen. Got the west side of this bitch. Girl, I stress out this shit got that cold blood in my veins like a reptile in this bitch gotta make room for my team don't get exiled in this bitch trying to find mr. right that get you left out of
0: this shit yeah
1: i've been trying to find my way back home i've been riding down this road too long yeah mama i'm
0: coming i'ma keep running and running i'm a champion
1: to